You're listening to Lessons from the Boardroom, a business podcast with Kevin Minton, CEO of Chief Executive Boards. Hey, everyone. I'm Kevin Minton, and welcome to our podcast. I'm super excited today about our guest on the show today because not only is he a very successful gentleman in business, he's also one of the nicest and most giving people that I know. Today, we're going to hear from someone who started from a humble background and really propelled through challenges and obstacles to become a pillar of leadership within not only his company, but with many other organizations and people as as well. After serving his country for 23 years as a U.S. Naval officer, Richard Hagens followed his entrepreneurial spirit when he founded U.S. and S. Inc. in 2003 in the upstate of South Carolina. He has or is currently serving on many prominent boards. Having received several accolades and awards most recently, he was named Entrepreneur of the Year 2019 Southeast by Ernst & Young. He was formally educated in the field of electronic engineering technology with a master's in business management as well. Additionally, he's married with three lovely daughters, one of whom has risen to become the president of his company that he founded. I guess I've known Rich for probably about six years now and can attest that he's one of the finest individuals that you'll ever meet. Rich, welcome to our show. Thank you, Kevin. It's so good to be here with you. Rich, uh, let's just kind of dive right into it. I'd like to, uh, if you could, just ask you if you might start out by telling our guest a little bit, a little bit about yourself and about your background. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, you know, my background obviously started in Savannah, Georgia, going through a local HBCU and uh, getting a commission in the United States Navy. One would wonder that I went in the Navy and I spent over 20 year plus years. How did I get from there to uh, becoming a business owner? Well, I can tell you that that journey uh, was also mirrored with the fact that my grandparents started a small business in Savannah called Universal Church Supplies. And that business started in the early 70s that served local churches from the uh, choir rows to material and music and those sort of things. And in 1993, Kevin, uh, my grandfather had passed and my grandmother asked me to take over that business. Well, And I thought that was a business that they were giving me, but uh, long story short, I ended up paying for that business. and. Uh, and found out in the next few years or so that it was definitely uh, a sinkhole of cash and was eating it away as I was still serving in the military. Uh, Toward the end of the 1990s, I had shut down the the local business in Savannah when my grandmother became ill and uh, and then started Universal Church Supplies in Simpsonville, South Carolina, Kevin, in 1999 really to as a bridge to to I'm going from retiring in the Navy in 2000 to, you know, having a business because I had this entrepreneur spirit. Uh, I did that uh, for three years or so and realized that, uh, you know, the the balance sheet and the uh, income statement wasn't very favorable and I had to figure out something else to take care of my three daughters and wife. And at that point, uh, got together with another gentleman and we collaborated and 
started US and S Inc. in, in 2003. I mean, it, Kevin, it was on February 14th, and I always joked that it was a sweetheart deal to start the company on that date. But that's kind of where the company got going, and that kind of where we are. And um, I'm going to throw it back at you to get your, your, your feelings about what I just said. Yeah. So, Rich, I, I know that it was uh, sort of a uh, you, you've been in the, you've been in this game for quite a while now, and things have things have kind of progressed through times. I know that you have gone from owning buildings, and uh, now you're in a different kind of building, and uh, now we're going through the COVID situation. Um, you know, so let's let's just kind of let's just kind of dig into what some of the challenges or what's the biggest challenge that you have faced uh, in running this company uh, so far, Rich. Well, Kevin, you know, it's, it's interesting, and uh, to a lot of listeners out there, you know, the business cycle from a, from a micro business to uh, mid-sized small business to a large small business, that journey offered many challenges and also. Uh, many uh, inner perspectives on what I really wanted to do. You know, as most companies start, you know, you either become a lifestyle business and normally, typically, you know, that's the type of business where the owner uh, use all of their skills, power, influence to drive a product or service to the, to the market. And uh, that's where we all kind of start, Kevin. And, and that's where USNS was. You know, I was I did everything in the beginning it was just me and one person. Uh, and so the challenge there was to find business, to try to grow the business. Uh, and then once that got rooted uh, in 2003 and 2004 and 2005, you know, we started to grow. And then it was now I was thinking about okay. Can we move uh, USNS from a lifestyle business to a long-term sustainable business? And so those were the things that I was looking at. And so the challenges then was to to look basically initially externally, who was on my team, you know? And so and part of that team, as you well know, Kevin, is you know what type of bankers were involved with me? What type of CPA did I have? You know what type of surety companies and what lawyer lawyers that I was looking at and, and develop trusting relationships. And so the challenge wasn't just to open the yellow pages and find those individuals, but the challenge was trying to grow a small uh, micro business uh, into a smaller business and also develop rich, deep relationships with that external team that was so crucial uh, to the development of where we were going to go. And we could talk a lot about that growth side, but then let's just step forward and say, okay, now you're successful. Now the company's growing. Uh, it's starting to go beyond the boundaries of the local area. You become um, regional, and then you become throughout the Southeast. You know, it presented other challenges. And so one of those challenges, Kevin, just to point out one of many <clears throat> is, you know, how do we push our culture out beyond the region so that people that work with USNS understand the vision of what we're trying to do? And the vision is clear 
and that they can see themselves in the vision and that they understand the culture. So, you know, our culture, Kevin, number one was family focus. That was our main thing. We know I wanted to create this environment where people felt safe, that they felt that they could communicate, that people would listen, that they understood that the three most important things to Rich Hagens and USNS was one people, number two people, and number three people. And when that worked was a big challenge because a lot of people weren't used to companies really caring that much about them. So long-winded uh, answer, but you know, I want everyone to understand that there's different challenges at different levels and they continue today and it will be a new challenge tomorrow. Well, Rich, you, you brought up one specific challenge and that you wanted to make sure that you had a strong culture in your company and that it was communicated throughout the entire organization that everybody understood that. And there's an old saying that, you know, culture eats strategy for lunch. And if you get the culture piece right, <laughs> a lot of it, uh, a lot of it falls into place. But, you know, just just out of curiosity uh, in driving that culture throughout your company, how did you how did you do that, Rich? How did you get that message out? How did you overcome that challenge, that specific challenge that you just mentioned? Well, Kevin, that's really a good question. And, uh, you know, and as you know, that's probably one of the keys to uh, one of the keys to success. And uh, so what we what we did was we looked at how do we make this happen? And we understand it was very systemic uh, in terms of what's happening in one region may be different in another region. And so how do we reach them? So what we did was develop programs um, on areas where we had small pockets of uh, employees. We went out, trained a trainer, meaning we trained the supervisors on our culture and the message that we want to put out there. And so they held two box meetings routinely, weekly, uh, with their employees before they went out and did their work. And part of the two box, which also includes safety and quality, was really about our culture. So we pushed that out. Uh, we were able to, as we grew and able to hire, you know, HR director and have someone, you know, experienced people to help build this, this program to get pushed them out to the field. So people can see some of the leadership at, at corporate and then so corporate wasn't looked at this mystical building somewhere in, in Greenville, South Carolina, but they felt that they were a part of it. And then the next thing is that we, in large pockets, where we had many employees, we instituted all hand meetings. And, uh, and if it had to do it off time, we paid for the employee that, that one hour to have an all hands meeting so they wouldn't feel like we were forcing them to outside of their normal working hours because the customer, you know, some customers wouldn't support, you know, at all hands during paid time. So we did it that way. And then the third uh, area that really helps a lot, and I think, uh, Kevin, you may have seen a few of these, is that we created a newsletter. And that newsletter is pretty comprehensive. We uh, throw out accolades. We highlight different people doing good things in uh, different places throughout the organization. And we also uh, 
you know, went to the social media, whether it's Twitter, whether we went to LinkedIn, and those sort of places, and Facebook, to reach everyone where they are. Because I think it's important to understand that where I might be, you might be able to reach me, might be totally different where a 21-year-old might be to reach them. So we look at all those different areas to reach them. And I think, Kevin, we haven't, I can't tell you they were 100%. But I can tell you that we're on a real positive curve on, on touching each and every person. Well, Rich, that's fantastic. I mean, as as most people know and, and realize, I think uh, culture starts at the top with a leader. And th- you, you brought up a couple of things there that uh, that that really resonate. One, you know, multiple touch points and how you communicate with people. Uh, is is definitely essential, and you know the cadence and how you do that and so forth. Was there anything that you took away from uh, any of those challenges or uh, any learnings that you that you took away from the experiences so far that uh, of the challenges that you have faced at, at this point, Rich? What 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 key things do you think that if, you know if you had to go back and do it again, what what did you learn from the experience? Well, Kevin, you know. Again, kind of the when we started talking about USNS in the initial phase, I mean that initial phase from zero to say five million dollar growth period, which went from two thousand three to two thousand five six, as we started to grow the company, I had to utilize, you know, my own personal experience as a Navy officer, uh, my leadership training as a Navy officer in the years that I spent uh, serving our country, uh, being responsible for your sons and daughters that uh, you know, gave the, you know, of themselves to support our country. So I had to use those skills to look in the eyes of different individuals who were, who were not very skilled in the area what we were trying to work within to say to myself, does this person have an entrepreneur spirit, has a can-do attitude, can be trusted and committed to and be uh, able to be coachable to train them to do this business? So, And what I mean by that is I didn't have the capital to invest in high-quality trained individuals in the beginning, so it was raw leadership. So that was that challenge that I had to do. And, and Kevin, I'm honest with you, I'm so uh, happy with uh, so many of those people that uh, I met along the way that came in and, and learned. Uh, I were enhanced their lives, which means we enhanced their family uh, position. And uh, so, but, but then we started earning more capital in the company and the balance sheet looked better and we we're able to now think and focus about now it's time to if we're going to go from 5 million to 10 million to 20 million we can't do it uh with the the current uh way that we started you know because to double or triple a business is going to take um bring an individual in individuals in the company that will lift the organization so that next challenge was to now invest in developing that core leadership um, 
that will have the education, the tools, and leadership skills to take the company to the next level. So I learned so much from that beginning process, Kevin, on using you know intuition solely and leadership skills to now uh, moving into an area that we're bringing in really highly skilled. Uh, not to diminish that those of us that are running our organization still use our gut uh, to determine with all those things I mentioned that they need to have, that education, experience, and all of that, we still they still need to meet the culture. They have to, do they fit in to that culture that we're trying to continue to grow? Because if they don't, then they're not going to be a good fit for the company. So those are the things that I've learned. And uh, it's been very meaningful. Yeah, you you, uh, you touched on something that's very key, Rich, that I think that a lot of people need to pay attention to going into business. A lot of times we can't necessarily find somebody, uh, especially in a, in a tight labor market that we've had for so many years. It's only been recently that the labor market has been uh, at a point where it's been a little easier to find uh, people. but you know, finding people who fit the culture mold, uh, and I, I will any day I will hire somebody that has initiative and desire, and is coachable uh, over skill set. If they're if they're willing to learn, you can teach most people the skill sets. Um, but boy, exactly. finding people finding people with uh, the the right initiative and the desire and the coachability in, in the beginning, boy, that is so key. Uh, and, and it's it's just amazing to hear how you've been able to enrich people's lives through this journey that you have uh, that you that you've been on, Rich. And so we we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges uh, that you faced and and some of the learnings and how you've overcome that. Let's move over to uh, the other direction here and talk about what's been your biggest success so far in uh, in running this company. That's a good question, Kevin. And uh... You know, as I sit back and I, and I look back at the past and, you know, that Monday morning quarterback, that's a great position to be in. When I look at what really uh, got you and USNS really moving, I mentioned earlier that we started in, in 03 with nothing, really a $25,000 investment. Um, and in a, in a matter of <clears throat> three to four years, we had gone up to $5 million and then we got to $7 million. And then we got over $10 million. Well, that type of growth uh, in the service industry, it doesn't happen all the time for a small grassroots company. And so one of the things that i like to share was that I recognized early on how important it was to establish uh, teaming and joint venture relationships. And, uh, and quite frankly, that teaming uh, aspect is what really got USNS moving in the right direction. And, and, and honestly, um, we teamed with a small, with a large company back in 2004 that had relationships in companies that I had my eye on, like Lockheed Martin and like Floor and others. And quite frankly, uh, we could never just walk in the door with very little experience, very small staff, and tell a Lockheed Martin or a floor, we're ready to do business, because guess what? We were not ready. 
And so the, to understand that we're, we weren't ready, but I knew that that's the direction I wanted to go uh, because I was looking at prime contractors that was working for the federal government and or the federal government. And so one would say, well, Rich, why are you going after that fish? Well, I spent 20 odd years understanding that language. So that was just a natural progression for me to look at, but I still recognize that although I can walk into a military organization and they see that this guy's a retired senior officer, that did give me some credibility, but, but I didn't have the, the, the experienced team, the bench strength to be able to tackle those kind of complex uh, opportunities. But by teaming, that was the roadmap. That's what got me going. And I can tell you that my first contract, teaming with the first company with Lockheed Martin, was a million-dollar contract. And you think about a company that only started with $25,000 investment to even get going, and a year and a half later, you want a million-dollar contract. Could not do it by yourself. You had to have help. Now, what I will say that for those that listen to this story, because it goes beyond just the working with prime contractors or the federal government, the key there is to ensure that you build a relationship, Kevin, which we tried to do, and to, to make sure that you receive intellectual opportunities that you gain from processes and that you're able to build your team around the opportunity. And and that's kind of what, that's the map. That's what really got USNS going. And I'm so thankful that for those companies that believed in this small business and this individual, because at that time, I mean, we're still, you know, a small business that, you know, um, was a lifestyle business because it was really dependent on the owner reputation, the owner experience, and those sort of things. We had not gotten to the sustainable business yet, so that's the that's one of the keys. You know, Rich, uh, you, I, I love the fact that you brought up uh, the relationships and the teaming arrangement. There's as a small business, especially as a small business, one of the biggest key levers out there is the power of teaming up with centers of influence or establishing those teaming relationships and friendships uh, out there that, that, that can help you. You know, the sooner a, a business owner comes to the realization that, hey, you got to have friends. <laughs> we can none of us can yeah. do this alone. <laughs> the quicker, the quicker it seems like we, we, we get through the curve, we get through the hurdles, we get through the, you know, the challenges that we face sometimes and can actually actually reach out and grow those those um, and it sounds like those centers of influence and those teaming relationships really propelled your company to the stage of where it is today i mean you took it from like you said a twenty five thousand dollar investment and i guess you're up to what about 60 million now somewhere around there is that is that correct you know, correct we got close to 59 million but, um, you know, Kevin, to add to that uh, direction of dialogue that we're having about that success, I also want to 
emphasize that you, you know living there solely is not where any of us should be that we should leverage those relationships learn from those relationships whether they're teaming or joint venture but what's the beauty behind what transpired with us and s and our growth and bringing in more confident people and spreading is that we then develop the capability uh, to self-perform and that was the magic so we use we leverage relationships we gain intellectually we gain system-wise we gain know-how we made friends like you said we made friends but key was we develop our organic capability that then I can then say to the world, here's our core competencies. We now have core competencies. We're not a jack of all trades anymore. We're more focused. This is what we do. Because small business, Kevin, when they really start, we're a jack of all trades. We're, we're yeah, go after just, whatever we can get. Yeah, you're taking yeah. Uh, whatever lands on your plate uh, at, at that point just to get revenue going. So, Rich, exactly. just, just to kind of transition on that conversation, what do you believe makes some businesses successful while others struggle? Just what's your philosophy? I think um, my philosophy is that at some point we have to listen to our business. We, just because we might start our company doing X and we, 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 the owner, feel strongly about building that core competency for X. But as you keep working and developing your people, uh, you have to listen to your business. It may be why is where the core competency is developing. It may be where all of our opportunities, we look at our balance sheet, we look at our you know, financials and say, you know what, we're really doing good in this direction. Let's, let's re-look at our plan and let's dust it off because it should be written in pencil and say, okay, here's what we said we want to do. But as time has gone, we've now developed a, core, a strong core competency over here while we're trying to force ourselves to still remain true to the X. If we don't listen to our business, Kevin, we can, be, we can uh, really hurt our business significantly because the business is telling you, hey, Rich, Here's what you're good at. You're not, you, you want to be good at this, but it's not where you're good at. And once we realize that and we focus, and focus doesn't mean that you, your eyeballs are on that and that's the target. Focus means resources, people, uh, time, and opportunity. And those kind of how I feel about it. Well, Rich, uh, you've done a, obviously you've done a great job. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your perspective and your, insight there on what it is that your, your philosophy is on how you, how you see what, what's made you successful and others successful and, you know, what could get you into trouble and, and so forth. What, uh, what is it that makes you optimistic about the future of uh, U.S. and deaths? Well, Kevin, I'd say the uh, 2020, none of us could have expected that COVID-19 was going to raise its head to the extent that it has. I mean, I think we all knew that something was brewing over in China at the end of the year, and uh, but it was over there. Uh, we were all making plans. We did our budgets for 2020. It was based on 
you know, 2019 was a really good year and more of the same. Um, but what I, what I was lucky uh, was that we happened to be, you know, in the area that uh, people really needed with COVID-19. We were essential business. And uh, so being an essential business, a couple of things happened to, our, to us positively. One was, Kevin, that uh, we didn't have to shut down. That's probably the biggest thing, because if you were a company that the state shut down, you could no longer work. So we had did that. And two, we were in the facility services area where janitorial was important. We were doing it anyway and, and keeping facilities operating. So oddly enough, those areas increased. And with that, we are, we are able to continue to grow our bench strength as a result of those increases. Uh, we've grown, Kevin, from March, or at the beginning of the real pandemic, to now over 60 personnel. And that's a tremendous growth. But it also gave us leverage then to bring in more talent to manage the growth, which now creates a broader spectrum of solid managers that are experienced in this arena. And so when I look to the future, it's very bright. It's very, I'm very optimistic. I mean, you may, you know this already, but you know, my, my daughter's president of the company. Uh, Yulita is a, a very gifted, uh, driven, honest, just, just outstanding individual, not because she's my daughter, but she is. And if she wasn't my daughter, I would say the same things, but I just couldn't add that she's my daughter. But in our succession now is that we're looking at the future of USNS resting on her shoulders, and we're able to build a very strong team around her. We have the making of the most solid team, Kevin, in the history of USNS. We've never been able to build this kind of team. And so I am so optimistic on where we're going. We're continuing to look at teaming opportunities. We're continuing to look at joint venture opportunities. And we have grown significantly in self-performing, that people are seeking us to be a part of our team, opposed now that we've been always seeking them. So I am uh, very pleased. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stay optimistic and uh, I mean, that was a good question. Well, you know, Rich, if you've got a company that can work its way through a financial crisis or a pandemic or issues like that, what a lot of people fail to realize is that in those types of situations, therein lies opportunities. You just have to keep your eyes open for it and take advantage of uh, of, of those opportunities that come along. And you found some that came along. And, we, you know, none of us have a crystal ball. We can't see uh, sometimes that there's going to be opportunities out there. You just have to have a little faith. And uh, sometimes a little luck comes into play. We all get a little luck uh, that, that goes along with it. And you've just got a fantastic story, Rich, of, you know, taking a, a business that started from scratch from $25,000 uh, with a clean sheet of paper and just growing it into a almost $60 million uh, a year business 
and and continuing to grow even during the course of a pandemic. And so, Rich, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story today with our listeners and you know the challenges, the the successes that you've had, the lessons that you have learned along the way, and you are just uh, a wealth of knowledge. And I, uh, I, I want to invite our listeners to, to reach out to you uh, because you are a, a tremendous amount of knowledge. You're a giver. Uh, I, I know that uh, you're just a, a tremendous human being. And so, Rich, I'm going to ask you, uh, where can people connect with you to learn more about, you know, your business and how you help people? Good. Well, Kevin, uh, our website is www.us. NS.com. That's U-S-A-N-D-S dot com. My email address is S-R-Hagins, H-A-G-I-N-S at U-S-A-N-D-S dot com. And I welcome, you know, any emails. I welcome you to see us on the, uh, check us out on Facebook and check us out on LinkedIn. And the and the corporate number, just so you don't have to look that up, is 864-233-8035. That's 864-233-8035. Kevin, thank you so much for this opportunity. You're a blessing not only to me, but to all the small business owners throughout our area. Rich, it's a real pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being here. And I, uh, I, I couldn't tell you what a joy it was to uh, have the conversation with you. Thank you, Rich. And I look forward to reconnecting with you again soon. Have a great day. Thank you. The Lessons from the Boardroom podcast is sponsored by Chief Executive Boards. It's lonely at the top, but that doesn't mean you need to go it alone. We've got your back. At Chief Executive Boards, you have access to business best practices, insights, and resources that can help you eliminate the stress, anxiety, and pitfalls of running a business. Whenever you're ready, here's how we can help. Number one, get a copy of Kevin's book, In Search of Balance, The Business Owner's Guide to Building a Business and a Life at chiefexecutiveboards.com book. Number two, attend a Chief Executive Boards event in your area to find out if CEBI can help you. For a list of upcoming events in your area, go to chiefexecutiveboards.com slash events or call 864-527-5917.